Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. We are going to continue in our study today of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 5 today. When we are there, say amen. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me. But to some extent, all of you, not to put it too, too severely. This punishment, which, is, which was afflicted by many on such a man, is sufficient. So on the contrary, you ought to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps he might be swallowed up with excessive sorrow. Therefore, I ask you to confirm your love toward him. For to this end, I also wrote so that, it might, so that I might know that you are pro proving yourselves by whether you are being obedient in all things. Whomever I forgive anything, I also forgive. Whomever you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I forgive someone anything for your sakes, I forgive it in Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. All right. A lot here in these little, this little chapter, this little section of Scripture. If you went to seminary, we call those pericopes. It's just a word that they use, the 25-cent word, meaning section. So, forgiveness of the offender. We have to become, and we talked about this in Sunday school, we have to have a mindset change, right? So many of us have been hurt by so many. Now, understand I'm not saying that we should forget about those things, that we shouldn't learn from those things, but we should, be, have, we should exalt forgiveness for those things. Now, the greatest thing that can keep anybody from God and God's presence is unforgiveness. Now, I know some of us have been through a lot. Some of us have experienced a lot of hurt in our lives. And a lot of things that we, had, we have to work through but yet we are called to be forgivers and have forgiveness. Verse 5, if anyone, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but, in, but to some extent all of you. Not to put it so severely. So, if somebody affect, offends us, hurts our feelings, 
says something we shouldn't do or just does us wrong? Does it only affect you as an individual? No. Who does it affect? Everyone involved, doesn't it? So I'm going to use some examples. Is that all right if I use examples? If somebody does Jim wrong or somebody does Brenda wrong, it doesn't affect just Jim or Brenda. It affects Sandy. It affects Wayne. It affects Brenda. It affects Jim. It affects us as, an, as a group. Because whether we like it or not, we all have families, but we're all family, right? We're all extended family. I say extended family. If you, if you think about it, Ralph has... Ralph and his daughters and their, his grandkids, that's his family and their spouses. But we're all part of the, we're all that family too. Ruth has her twin sister and her grandkids and great-grandkids. That's her family and her son John, that's her family. But we're all still part of that family. We're still extended family. Therefore, if somebody does one of us wrong, it affects all of us. It affects all of us. This punishment, which was afflicted to by many on such a ma on such a man, is sufficient. So, on the contrary, you ought to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps he might be swallowed up with excessive sorrow. Unforgiveness doesn't do anything for the person who offended us. It doesn't. They don't care, right? They don't care if you don't forgive them. The forgiveness part is for you and me and for them. We forgive so that we are not harboring unforgiveness. So that our, our relationship with Christ is not hindered by our unforgiveness. And in forgiving that person, that person might then see the love of Christ and change their own ways. As much as we would probably not want that to happen or see that happen, that's the goal. Amen? That's the goal. I can remember, I saw a story, a testimony this week. There was a man who was the founder of the Satanic Church in South Africa. One of the founders of the Satanic Church in South Africa. He is now a Christian. Do you know how that happened? He was on a podcast saying all the things that you would think a person of that belief would say. God isn't real. All these things. All these things that they would say. You know what happened after that podcast? The person who was hosting the podcast went up to him and just gave him a hug. And he said that he held, she held him in such a way he'd never been held before. He'd never felt so much love in his life. He'd never felt that from a Christian in his life. And that was a powerful thing That happened in his life 
that he turned his heart over to the Lord. And he cried, he was crying through his testimony. He said, all the things I said against Jesus, all the things I said, all the mockery, and yet that love that I felt from her after everything I said. And that love changed his heart. And he is now a follower of Christ. That's a praise the Lord right there. That's the power of forgiveness. That's the power of forgiveness. That man was offending, causing an offense to that woman, and yet she forgave him in a powerful way, and Jesus used that to turn his heart back to himself. Therefore, I ask you to confirm your love toward him or toward the one who is offending. Confirm your love. That woman did that with that hug. She confirmed the love. So what does that say? Let's just, let, let's just unpack that for a moment and let's put it in context of us right here, Claytonville, Illinois, 2022, whatever date it is, July 10th, whatever, 2022, we as individuals can do the same thing. We can confirm our love for someone who might have done us wrong or offended us or hurt our feelings or whatever the case might be. Why, and some might ask, why would you do that? Why would you confirm your love to someone who's done so many bad things to you? It's not for me to to decide who goes to heaven, who doesn't. We are called to love. Greater things shall you do because I go to my Father. He's talking about miracles and signs and wonders, but that part of that miracle, sign, and wonder comes out of love. Do you know what happens in the church today? Do you know why so many people don't come into churches anymore? this day and age, other than technology because can, it's convenient for them to stay home. Other than that, do you know why people don't come to churches anymore? And this has been going on for years because they believe everybody in the church are hypocritical. Because we say one thing on Saturday night and we do one thing on Sunday morning and we live one way on Sunday and one way the rest of the week. That's why people don't come into church. You know why people don't follow Christ because of that example. Do you know why Paul wrote because of the, the word of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you? It's because it's because of us. We need to be showing the love of God. Somebody does us wrong. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, it's going to sting. Yes, we're going to be angry. And that's all natural and that's all possible. And that's okay, but we don't live there. We don't live there. We forgive. We move on. We extend that love to others, and we move on. For our own sake and for theirs. I think about that, one, that man's testimony and that woman that was in that podcast chair. Hearing all that stuff, she could have said, well, you know what? You can believe what you want to believe. See ya. And he could have just been 
living a life, going down the broad road, ending up in hell. But she didn't do that. She hugged him and held him and the spirit of Jesus filled her up and she, the love of God enveloped them and he felt it. That can be an everyday occurrence for us if we're open to it. We believe that, right? We believe God still does signs and wonders and miracles, right? That's a miracle. That's a sign, that's a wonder. It can be for us every single day. The offender. We have offenders in our lives. Do we walk around miserable and angry and upset and bitter because of all the junk that's happened to us in our lives? No, we shouldn't. Some of us do. A lot of people do. I had an aunt. I was talking to my mom last week. My aunt, she died uh, last year, I think. She was like in her 90s. And I remember when she was, she, she, she came to the first reunion we had and it was probably three years ago, four years ago, before COVID. And I was talking to her and she was kind of being kind of bitter and cantankerous and grumpy. And I said, man, you, you got to get a little bit happy. She goes, I'm whatever age I am. I'm entitled to be, I'm entitled to be angry all the time. I'm entitled to be bitter. Okay, you can be. You can have that choice to be bitter. But if you want people to follow Christ and follow God, you've got to show love. Yeah, nothing's going to work out the way we want it to. It rarely does. How many times, you raise your hand if it's every time everything works out the way you want it. Raise your, time, raise your hand every time it doesn't. And that's every time almost. So what do we do about it? We become bitter, cantankerous church people who people say they're hypocrites because they act one way on Saturday and act one way on Sunday. No. We show love. We understand. We, I have this mentality, and Amy, Amy knows it. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. It goes wrong, just roll with it. Something happens, just roll with it. Just go. Go with the flow. That, that can be bad, a bad saying when you're talking about going with the flow. But when you are talking about circumstances that will make us angry, make us bitter, the best thing you can do is roll with it and turn it into a positive. Forgiveness. And some of those things, when that happens, it's because somebody's done something or something didn't work out because somebody dropped the ball on something. That's the majority thing that happens. That's why. We get angry. Forgiveness. Show forgiveness. For to this end I also wrote so that I might know that you are, you are proving yourselves by whether you are being obedient in all things. Are we being obedient in all things? Now, all things meaning the, the scriptures, the, the laws, the precepts of God, precepts of God, are we obedient in all things? No. No, we are not. But we can be obedient in forgiveness and love. The reason we're not obedient in every single thing and every single precept of God is because we're unable to be obedient in every single thing. That's the whole purpose of Jesus. 
for us to know that we are not able to be obedient in every single precept, but we have a place we can go, Jesus Christ, and we can experience God through him in forgiveness and repentance. But Paul is saying, I want to remind you to make sure you know you're supposed to be loving to one another and to others and show forgiveness. This is a, a text that can, had transcends time. This would preach 35 years from now. This would preach 100 years from now, should God tarry that long. It would preach forever, because love and forgiveness is something we must have. Confirm your love toward him. For I... For I for to this end I also wrote so that I might know that you're proving, me, proving yourselves by whether you are being obedient in all things. Confirm your love. Are you being obedient in confirming your love? Are you being obedient in forgiveness? That's a question we all have to answer. From pulpit to the pew, are we being obedient in love and forgiveness? Not one person in this room, from me to you, is exempt from this at all. We must be proving ourselves our obedience in love and forgiveness. Whomever you forgive anything, I also forgive. What did Jesus say? If you don't forgive man, my Father will not forgive you. And if you forgive, my Father will forgive you. Forgiveness is the key. Love is the key. If you were to look at God and look at God as a, I'm a I was a science guy, I'm still a science guy, and we used to write down atoms and nucleuses and things. An atom has a nucleus, protons and, new, and electrons and neutrons, right? God's nucleus is love and, and forgiveness. It's evident in Jesus Christ. God knew that we would fall away before he created the earth. Well, what does Revelation say? We've been in Revelation at home. What does it say in 13? That he is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So that love and forgiveness of God started prior to us being created, prior to him saying, let there be light. Paul is saying that we are to be obedient in that love and that forgiveness. What did Jesus say? He said, by your love, they will know you're my disciples. By your love, they'll know you're my disciples. Not by your bitterness and anger. Maybe they will by your bitterness and anger. I don't know. Sounds on their per perception of Christian people. Well, he's angry. He must be a Christian. God don't let him do anything, so he's angry. But that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to love by your love. They will know you're my disciples. By your forgiveness, they will know you're my disciples. For if I forgave someone anything, for your sakes, I forgave it in Christ. Here's the kicker. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. Why would he say that? Because unforgiveness doesn't do anything for us at all except tear us apart from God. The Bible says that no unclean thing shall pass over there. Unforgiveness is a sin. Do you know that? It's a lot of sins, but unforgiveness is a sin. And if we have unforgiveness in our heart, we're not going to be there on that last day or when we die on our last day. We won't be there if we have unforgiveness in our heart. He wants us, the enemy wants us to be that way. You see, the only way that the enemy can hurt God is by taking his children away from him. But he, they, but he cannot make us go with him. We choose it by our actions and our deeds and our thinking and the way we live. We choose it. We choose it by our unforgiveness and our lack of love and our, our lack of obedience to Christ. We choose to walk away. We choose to allow the enemy to walk us out of God's hand. The devil doesn't snatch us away, kidnap us. We walk away with him by our unforgiveness. We walk away with him by our lack of love. We walk away with him by disobedience to the scriptures. We do that. I do that. You do that. We do that. Not the enemy. We do that. And that's what we're talking about here. If you look at did you ever see that? I, I remember when I was a kid, my, my, we had this experiment in school. It was in, I wasn't a kid, I was in college. But it was psychology. I, I feel like I was a kid when I was in college, but I wasn't. Psychology, we, I had abnormal psychology, and that's a fun class. You ever had that class? That's a fun class. It's an interesting class. You talk about, you talk about things like schizophrenia and... and schizoaffective disorder and all those kind of weird mind things. You learn all about that. But they did an experiment with kids. Sat a kid down at a table, put a plate of brownies in front of him. Said, now listen, I got to go in here and go to the bathroom. Don't touch that until I get back. And they had a secret camera in the room. Every single child snuck a brownie because it was in front of them and they wanted to do, they wanted it, it looked so good, they couldn't resist it and they wanted to eat it. That was that child's choice to disobey the order. It wasn't the instructor's choice or the parent's choice, it was the child's choice to disobey that order. The enemy dangles things in front of us every day. Oh, look at that. That person just cut you off. Oh, man. 
that person was kind of cranky in the store and yelled at you. What are you going to do about it? You're going to be angry about it? You're going to go tell them off? You're going to give them peace of your mind? And then from that point on, that's your choice. From that point on, it's your responsibility. You can walk away or you can go and you can give them a piece of your mind. And guess what? If you're a Christian and they know you're a Christian, your witness has just been blown. That's what a Christian looks like. I don't want to be a part of that. That's what, that's what results out of that. And then what happens is you are then angry and upset and then another person has been taken out of the God's hands unless somebody else comes and brings them back, right? So we are causing people to walk away from God in our actions. In our actions, we're causing people to walk away from God. Paul says we are to love and forgive. Is it easy? Mm -mm. Nope, it's not. But we're called to do it. We are called to do it. He says, whoever forgave, whoever you forgave, I forgave, for I forgave someone, for if I forgave someone, some, anything for your sakes, I forgave it in Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant to his devices. We should not be ignorant to the devices of Satan. We should not be. If you're in the Word of God, you should know the devices of Satan. What does it say? It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and, and all that, those things. We don't have a spirit of fear. We don't, if we have fear, anger, anxiety, all those things, that is not of God. God gives us love, joy, peace, patience, the nine fruits of the Spirit. Is anxiety, anger, and bitterness in the nine fruits of the Spirit? No. It's not. It's not. And there's a reason for that. Because it's not of God. 5, 23. Galatians 5. Now, it says... For I say then, walk in the Spirit. This is verse 16. I walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That lust of the flesh is that I'm going to go give them a piece of my mind because they made me mad. I'm never going to forgive them. I'm going to just be mad. Remember that old song, I'm gonna die. I, I just want to be mad for a while? It's a country song, I think. I don't know. It's a song I used to play on the radio all the time. People just want to be mad for a while. Not according to God. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean sexual sin. That's anything that pulls you away from God. That's being angry and staying angry. That's holding grudges. That's being unforgiveness. That's having unforgiveness. That's not showing the love of Christ. And to combat that, we have to walk in the Spirit. We have to know what God wants us to do. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are the opposition of one another to one another. So that you may not be the so you may not do the things that you please, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Are we led by the spirit? 
Question, huh? I would guarantee, I would say of myself, not all the time. If someone asked me, are you led of the Spirit? Not all the time. But I want to change that. And if somebody would say to you, are you led of the Spirit? You might say, not all the time. But you might want to change that. Because it's important to be led by the Spirit. We will show love. We will, we will do the things Christ wants us to do if we're led by the Spirit. We ought to know the enemy's devices. We ought to know what it is. We ought to recognize it. And we ought to combat it as such as it is, a spiritual attack against us. Spiritual attack against the way we live, the way who we are as people. To draw us away from Christ that we would not follow him. That's the ultimate goal of the enemy. The enemy's got his eyes and his sights set on each and every one of us to throw us curveballs, to pull us away from Christ. But we have the ability to stay where we are. Don't touch those brownies. Walk away from them. Don't touch them. God doesn't want us to have unforgiveness. God does not want us to hold grudges. God does not want us to be bitter and angry. God wants us to love and to be forgiving, to be the church. And are we the church? See, the church is not a building. The church is not this building. We are, we are in a nice building, big building, but this isn't the church. We are the church. We are the church. I'm the church. You're the church. And what we do is the work for the Lord. The, the first century church, how did it grow? Because people went out and told the people things that Jesus did. And the witness of the love and forgiveness of Christ, that's how the church grew. How do we know if, if, if the church is going to grow? We want to see the church grow. We've got to be the church. We've got to be the church. We can't expect things to happen in our lives if we do not allow Christ to have place. We have to get rid of the unforgiveness. We have to get rid of the bitterness. We have to get rid of the anger. We have to get rid of all that stuff and fill ourselves up with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control, all those things. That's what we need to be filled with. Jesus was the embodiment of that. Therefore, we're to have the mind of Christ, right? The scripture says... Would Christ hold grudges? Would Christ harbor unforgiveness? Would Christ be angry and bitter? So if we have the mind of Christ, does that fit? We know the enemy's devices. He's not coming up to surprise us. He's not. We know his devices. 
Let's combat those devices with prayer and love and forgiveness and the nine fruits of the Spirit and be led by the Spirit that we wouldn't fulfill those lusts of the flesh. Amen? Does that make sense? So the challenge for you this week is this. I want you, first and foremost, to seek God and ask God if there's anything in your spirit that needs to change. Be honest with God. Is there something that needs to change in me? Am I harboring unforgiveness? Am I harboring uh, uh, unlove? Well, not unlove, that's not a word, but not loving others. Am I harboring those things? And if I am, show me that I might repent. And then if he shows you something, then you best repent. That's how we stay led by the Spirit. That's how we, we confront the things in our life that want to pull us away from Christ. We ask God, God, what needs to change? Do I have unforgiveness? Do I have bitterness? Do I have anger? Do I have all these things? And if I do, show me that I might repent. But we've got to be willing to apply. And that application is the repentance. So that's my challenge. And all of this to grow closer as a family, to grow closer to the Lord, to, grow, to, to build the body of Christ up, not to, not to do anything else but that. Amen? That's the challenge. If you accept it, praise God. If you don't, pray and ask God to help you accept it because that's the challenge he's giving here. It's a challenge from Scripture. And it goes from me to you, not just to you, but from me to you. I have to do it too. I can't do anything. I can't ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. Amen? I can't. It's not fair. So I have to do them too. I have to do these challenges too. Let's go before the Lord. Father, I thank you today for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you'd be with us and minister to us by your spirit. Help us, Father, to search our hearts, to be honest with you and honest with ourselves. If we are harboring anything that is not of you in our lives, help us to repent. Help us to turn away. Help us to look to you, Lord, for the, for the embodiment of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives that others might come to know you. And Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.